0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, greetings again. And uh, for this week, um, starting today on Monday, I will offer uh, talks on the refuge, sarana. And refuge is um, often associated with one of the strong religious movements in a person's heart in Buddhism, that it's kind of closely connected to the topic of faith, which not coincidentally uh, was the first week's topic at the beginning of shelter in place when we started these morning sittings and talks. And we're still sh- you know, in the middle of the coronavirus, but now we have a whole world which is in both distress and in a state of transformation around racism. And uh, it seems appropriate to touch into this issue of the heart, refuge, as a topic for this week. And so I'll go through the week in five talks, different aspects of refuge, and hopefully it's supportive. And, um, you know, I won't address in these morning talks too explicitly the the, the, transfer, the suffering, tremendous suffering and around racism that this country and the world is experiencing right now but also the transformation that we're beginning to see. But I will this evening, um, Monday evening here at IMC, uh, give a talk that addresses this topic explicitly. So some of you want to hear hear what I have to say, or then uh, it's uh, California time, it's at 7.30, the sitting. Start with a sitting and then a talk. So, we trace, Buddhists trace their practice, their religious life, the mindfulness practice, meditation, back to a man in ancient India named Gotama Buddha, who lived in the Bronze Age of ancient India. I kind of like the idea that it was the Bronze Age, just to kind of really, you know, make us understand that this was a very different time and place than we have. And it's kind of remarkable what kind of arose and this rich culture, rich civilization that arose in ancient India that not only kind of allowed the Buddha to emerge, but all kinds of wonderful religious teachers emerged in India around that time. And um, the, um, and the way the story is told, is the Buddha uh, had teachers who taught him meditation, different aspects of meditation, but he found that what they had to teach didn't lead to the liberation that he hoped for, the liberation from suffering. It somehow left suffering still there, present for him. And so he went off uh, to practice just on his own. And he he did not have the support... That many of us in the modern world have, or since then have had, in doing a practice, we, he did not have refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. He was not—he was Gotama. He was, Gautama, he was not, still not the Buddha before he was awakened. So there's no Buddha to take refuge in. He had no community of practitioners and disciples and monastics that he could be inspired by and take refuge in and he had didn't hadn't discovered the dharma yet he hadn't discovered the teachings the insights the experiences the transformation that is at the heart of what the dharma is and um so in a sense he had to make himself his own refuge he had to rely on himself and he actually said this uh very um explicitly as he was dying talking to the, his disciples who were there He said, um, uh, I have um, made a refuge of myself. I've made myself my own refuge and now I'll be leaving. And this idea that he had made himself his own refuge, the word made, he didn't say that he had found a refuge inside as if there's some essential inner quality that we all have, that that's he tapped into and now he knew there was a refuge but rather he says he made it. Elsewhere he talks about um, that people have their actions as their refuge. And this idea here, both these ideas, is that the Dharma is not so much about discovering something, that's certainly part of it, but at the foundation of it is being something different. Being, acting in a different way uh, and, um, and by acting differently, living differently, we create our own refuge. So most foundationally, uh, this means that uh, we live in an ethical way. That uh, ethics, the way that ethics is described in Buddhism, the word sila, it's not virtue as an inner quality, it really has to do with conduct, that we behave actively in ways that avoid harming others in any kind of way. And so it's an action of avoiding harm, an action of bringing benefit to the world. To do that is to make a refuge of oneself. To practice, to engage in the spiritual practices of Buddhism is a kind of action. Even when there, uh, in certain meditation uh, Uh, practices. The practice is to not do, just be. Uh, You know, in a sense, don't have action. But, you know, in a way, not doing is a doing as well. And uh, it's a choice that we make. And this idea of choosing how we are and being in a way that's conducive, that allows for ourselves to be a refuge, is one of the movements of Buddhism. So this means that the focus here is that we are the refuge. And this idea that we are the refuge for ourselves was also explicit in the days before the Buddha died, where he uh, he was giving his last teachings to people. And he knew he was dying. He was a man of 80, he was sick. And um, and so uh, uh, there was one, uh, 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 Shinryo Suzuki Roshi, the founder of San Francisco Zen Center, when he was dying of pancreatic cancer in 1971, um, he said uh, to his students at the time, um, a Zen master teaches best when they're dying. Somehow that's when everything gets maybe, you know, really focused on what's most important and most essential. So here the Buddha knew he was dying, at the end of his life. And um, he gave his teachings around refuge that uh, resonate, I think are still very important for today. He said, um, uh, Dwell, abide with yourself as an island, with yourself as a refuge, with no other refuge. So he says some, that's half the statement, but just want to pause. L- dwell, live, abide with yourself as an island, with yourself as a refuge, with no other refuge. It's a powerful statement about where refuge is found. And, um, the, um, and this idea of an island, sometimes this a word, dipa, it, it also means uh, light. And so some people will translate this, be a light unto yourself, or be a light, be your own light. Um, but almost certainly the ancient meaning is island, the way it's used in other contexts. Uh, and the metaphor of the island is the island is a safe place uh, from being swept away by the floods of the world. It's the ancient language metaphor, the floods, floods of attachment, clinging, grasping, hate. There's all these powerful things that can take over where people lose their wisdom, lose their best sense, they do terrible things to each other. and We see uh, in the world right now lots of examples of people who have been swept away, by floods of passion and hatred and different things. So to create an island for yourself, to create a refuge for yourself with no other refuge. And then the second half of the statement, the Buddha says, uh, dwell, abide, live, with the dharma as an island, with the dharma as a refuge, with no ever other refuge. So this idea of no other refuge, this, these two statements which are s- said together, I think only makes sense if uh, we see that the dharma and oneself become the same thing. That there's no difference between the dharma and yourself to really discover yourself, to really be here with yourself and wake up to this life and being that we are is to wake up to the Dharma, is the Dharma. The Dharma is here is not something external. You don't go and get a lot of books from the library and read everything you can about the Dharma. Um, Unless you read those books as a mirror for yourself, unless you read those books to, and you're seeing yourself in it. Then you're seeing the Dharma. This teacher, Shinryo Suzuki, the founder of San Francisco Zen Center, he um, said that when uh, we bow to the Buddha, we're bowing to ourselves. So it's kind of here. And uh, to self. this is where we found the refuge. And then he goes on, in th- the statement about the island and being a refuge to yourself, the Buddha goes on to say, How are you a refuge to yourself? And this is, I think, for me, even more important. This is the how. Where do we find this to to live as a refuge to to ourselves? Where do we find that in ourselves? How do we act in a way? How do we be in a way that this becomes our refuge? And what he said, the Buddha said, And how do you dwell with yourself as your refuge? with yourself as your refuge, yourself as an island, with the dharma as your island, the dharma as your refuge, with no other refuge. Here, one dwells, one lives, observing the body in the body, ardent, clearly comprehending, mindful, having removed covetousness and displeasure in regard to the world. One dwells observing feelings and feelings, mind and mind, dhammas and dhammas, ardent, clearly comprehending, mindful, having removed covetousness and displeasure in regard to the world. That's a powerful statement, I think, that our capacity for awareness, our capacity to be attentive, to clearly see what's happening moment by moment here in this subjective experience of our body, this is how we discover uh, refuge. This is how we're safe from the floods of the world. And the floods of the world are not really the floods out there. It's really the floods of greed, hatred, and delusion in here. That in some ways the refuges are both a protection from the outer world, but more profoundly and very significantly, and this is part of the Big Cohen, the big question to discover for ourselves, the answer that the refuge are primarily a refuge from ourselves, from tendencies we have inside, that undermine us, that destroy us, that cause suffering and harm. And how is it that this inner refuge we discover from ourselves is also a refuge from the, from, the suffer, from you know being victimized by the world around us? What does that mean? That is it, that's, you know, hopefully we'll look at it as we go through this week. Um, so two more things I'll say here. Um, the Buddha said, I will teach you the refuge and the path leading to the refuge. And what is the refuge? The destruction of lust, passion, the destruction of hatred, the destruction of delusion. This is called the refuge. And what is the path leading to the refuge? Mindfulness directed to the body. This is called the path leading to refuge. Again, refuge is important. It's found through this awareness, through mindfulness being settled, finding the refuge here in one's own body. It's quite an amazing statement. So uh, this is the introductory talk and I will continue these next days on discussing refuge and the different aspects of it. And um, I hope that uh, it uh, becomes a mirror for you to understand and value something really important here in yourself. Thank you.